When athletes are preparing for their event, they place specific restrictions upon themselves. Diet, sleep, exercise. Now, these are just a few of the daily routines that they do not deviate from. This isn't something that comes naturally for them. It's a requirement that they submit themselves to. Well, it's no different for you and me. If you expect to grow in your spiritual life, you must place certain restrictions upon yourself. You need to train yourself to be godly. Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode 69. And in this episode, we're going to take a look at what the Apostle Paul means when he says we run in a spiritual race. So grab your Bibles, open them to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and let's talk about running the race. Listen closely to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached others... I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27 Now the first thing I want you to notice here is that the Apostle Paul likens the Christian life to that of a long-distance runner. Now, I'm not much of a runner. (laughs) Truth be told, I don't really run at all unless I absolutely have to. But here's what I do know about running. In order to run the distance, you got to be in shape. In verse 25 of our text, Paul says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. In other words, that runner has to train himself in such a way that he's able to control the unfruitful longings, the selfish, sinful desires of the flesh so that he can accomplish the ultimate goal. If he doesn't, then he runs the high risk that those fleshly desires are going to get in the way They're going to keep him from reaching his goal and ultimately receiving the prize. Well, that kind of control involves denying fleshly desires. It requires ignoring the cries of your body for rest and relaxation. It it, it requires ignoring the cries of the the body wanting to enjoy the, the pleasures of certain foods. The one who trains for the run must constantly push and exert his body, taking it to the limit and beyond, all for the purpose of winning the prize at the end of the race. The athlete knows that if he gives in, if he chooses to yield to the desires of his body, then he'd not be able to finish the course and he definitely will not win the race. Well, as a Christian, you should also deny your fleshly desires. You should daily choose to ignore the cries of your body for sinful pleasure. I mean, sure, giving in is definitely enjoyable for the moment, right? I mean, otherwise you would never give in. But the long-term ramifications just aren't worth it. You must choose to live each day with the understanding that if you yield to the sinful desires of your body, 
you will compromise your ability to run the race. You will not be able to fulfill your life's purpose, that of glorifying God, 1 Corinthians 10.31. Well, Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25, they do it to get a crown that will not last. We do it to get a crown that will last forever. The athlete running in a race knows that there is a risk that he or she will not win. So they push themselves, usually beyond their limits, just so that they might win the prize at the end of the race. Now, the exciting thing, now now watch this, listen to me now. The exciting thing about the race that Christians are running is that every Christian, every born-again believer who applies themselves to careful training and submitting to God's Spirit in their inner man, guaranteed you will win. It's why Paul counsels us to run in such a way as to get the prize. Now, I know you know this, but let me remind you, we're not running for a gold medal that is going to sit in a case on the mantle somewhere and collect dust as time passes. We're running to, as verse 25 says, receive a crown that will last forever. Paul calls it a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to also, but also to all who have longed for his appearing, 2 Timothy 4 eight. Listen, this is a grand and glorious prize that can never perish, never spoil, never fade, kept in heaven for you, 1 Peter 1, four. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, Hebrews 12.1. Now, let's face it, running this spiritual race isn't easy. It requires perseverance through the rough times, seeking the joy of the Lord as our strength in the down times, as well as the good. It means that you are enduring the pain of trials and testings, and you're, you're pushing on by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the only way we can run like this is to go into strict training, just like the athlete. The athlete trains to receive a reward that, let's face it, is not going to last. But God assures us that the reward that he gives will last for eternity. When athletes prepare for the main event, they place specific restrictions upon themselves. They, they're careful about their diet, their sleep habits, their exercise routines, and other aspects of their lives. They set up daily routines and they do not deviate from them. This isn't something that comes naturally for them. It's a requirement that they are submitting themselves, willfully submitting themselves to doing. Well, it's no different for you and me. If you expect to grow and excel in your spiritual life, then you must place specific restrictions upon yourself. You need to be careful about your spiritual diet. What are you allowing to enter into your mind? What are the things you're thinking about? What are the things you're seeing and hearing to feed those thoughts? In other words, as 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, train yourself to be godly. Paul also says that we should not live our Christian life without a purpose, without a goal in mind. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, Paul says we make it our goal to please him. Well, back to our main text for this episode, we see in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26, that Paul says, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. 
I do not fight like a, like a man beating the air. The person who runs with a purpose is looking straight ahead to his goal. All of his attention is focused on the finish line. He's not allowing anything to distract him. We read in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, that we are to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. In other words, the person who runs with a purpose is the one who doesn't give up, no matter what. The person who runs with a purpose is not allowing himself to be distracted, no matter what. The person who is running with a purpose is intent on pushing on no matter the obstacle. Paul expresses it this way in Philippians 3, verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The words press on here means to run swiftly in order to catch the thing that you're pursuing. In other words, don't quit. Don't give up. Back in our primary text of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul now moves his illustration to that of a boxer who is shadow boxing. You see, he says, I do not fight like a man beating the air. You see, a shadow boxer is one who's beating the air instead of hitting an opponent. Although shadow boxing can help a boxer warm up his muscles, it helps him get into a rhythm, it doesn't constitute actual boxing. He's hitting the air. He's not fighting his adversary. So shadow boxing is simply a means of getting ready for the main event. In real boxing, there's a point, there's a purpose to each and every blow, every, every hit, every swing of the, of the fist. Paul's point is this. If all you ever do is spiritually shadow box, if all you do is put on a show for others, then you will not know spiritual victory. You need to actually get into the ring and start swinging, striking precise blows against your enemy, which in this case, the enemy is your flesh, your sinful flesh. This leads us to verse 27 in our text where Paul says, no, I beat my body and I make it my slave. Okay, I got to ask, why? The answer because in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing, Romans seven eighteen. If you do not submit, watch this now, listen, if you do not submit complete control of your body to the Holy Spirit, I guarantee you it will lead you down the path of sin every time, much, much like a car that's out of alignment. You cannot, my friend, you cannot let your body's sinful desires and tendencies dictate to you what you will and will not do. Don't let it exercise kingly authority over you. Never, ever. God's will is that you be sanctified, that you live a life that is set apart for him. And he instructs you to learn how to control your body in a way that's holy and honorable. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 and 4, it tells us that the will of God is that each one of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor. That's powerful. Let, let me repeat that. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4. The will of God. This is God's will, my friend, that you know how to control your own body in holiness and honor. 
See, when you choose to give in to the sinful desires of the flesh, you will not be able to yield to the desires of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 6.24 tells it this way, you can't serve two masters. Either you're going to love the one, you're, you're going to love the flesh, and by virtue of loving the flesh, you're hating the other, you're hating God, and you're hating God's perfect will for your life. Or you will be devoted to the one. You'll be 100%, 100% sold out for God. And by that virtue of that choice, you're also despising the other. You're, you're loathing King me. You can't serve both, Matthew six twenty four. When you choose King me, Christ cannot be exalted in your body. Fact, period. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20. Every Christian, every born-again believer is to live a life worthy of the calling we've received, Ephesians 4.1. We're commanded in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 to purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and the spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God, 2 Corinthians 7.1. This means we must take control of our bodies. Well, looking once again at 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27, we see that Paul uses a very strong term here. He says he beats his body. It literally translates to turning my body black and blue. Now, now, hold on, hold on, wait just a minute here. Does this mean we should be taking a whip or a baseball bat or some other device and literally beat ourselves with them? Is Paul actually advocating self-flagellation here? Most emphatically, no, 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 no. The concept that Paul's getting across here means literally that you are to treat your body with severity. You're to subject your body to a stern and rigid discipline, leaving no room for error, no room for the flesh to, 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 to rise up and take control. To better understand this, let's make note here that we must, as Paul says in Romans 6, 19 and 20, we must offer our bodies as a slave to righteousness. I'm a servant of God, not of King me. And when we submit our bodies to the control of righteousness, the promise in Romans 6, 19 and 20 is we will reap a benefit that leads to holiness. In other words, you are to deny your body the sinful pleasures that it craves. Be stern. Be rigid in the discipline of your body. No matter how much your flesh may be crying out for satisfaction and fulfillment, I want, I need, I deserve, I desire, I have to have, I can't live without. If what it craves does not glorify God, then you must, you must, mark my words, you must deny what it wants. You need to submit the control of your body to righteousness through God's Spirit. That will often, now now listen, watch this, that will often involve difficulty and even sometimes pain. That's why Paul used the term, I beat my body. It's going to hurt sometimes to say no. Furthermore, Paul writes this phrase, beating my body, in the present tense, active voice, indicative mood. In other words, Every single moment of every single day, present tense, right now, right now, right now, right now, 
You need to beat your body. You need to make it a slave to the righteous desires of your holy new nature. You need to place your flesh under the control of the Holy Spirit. You can never let up. You can never take a break, present tense. And if you, now listen, if you don't do it, it won't get done. That's the active voice. Because no one else is capable of doing it for you. And there is no room for deliberation on this point. It's a simple statement of fact. That's the indicative mood. Well, here's the exciting thing. You ready for some good news? As a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. You have the Spirit of God guiding you and empowering you. 1 Corinthians 6.19 You can, now listen to this, you can indeed do all things through Christ because He is giving you His strength, His ability to accomplish it. Philippians 4.13, 2 Peter 1.3 Paul puts it this way in Romans 8 verse 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through His Spirit who lives in you, Romans 8.11. My friend, it is possible to just say no to the sinful desires of King Me, the sinful desires of your flesh. Titus chapter 2 verse 12 tells us that God in his word, watch us now, trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. You need to be in the word of God. You see, my friend, you have the power. You have the almighty divine power of the one who raised Christ from the dead living within you. Think about that. The very same power that raised the dead is enabling you to deny the sinful desires of your flesh and make your body do that which will glorify God. Wow. Well, if you'd like to learn more about this topic, I'd like to encourage you to do two things. First, would you go to Amazon.com and purchase my book entitled Extreme Mind Makeover, How to Transform Sinful Thoughts and Habits into Patterns of Life Pleasing to God. I know that's a big title, so just simply do this. Look for Extreme Mind Makeover, author Steve Etner. Much of what you've heard in today's podcast, in fact, in the last few episodes, has been taken from, or, or at the very least inspired by this book, Extreme Mind Makeover. So again, that title is Extreme Mind Makeover, How to Transform Sinful Thoughts and Patterns, and it's available on Amazon.com. Or you can go to my website, thepuritycoach.com. It's all one word, thepuritycoach.com. And in the top menu, click Resources, and you can find the book there. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to download my free app if you've not yet done so. Just go to your app store and search for my Purity Coach. That's My Purity Coach. The app is free. It is chock full of all kinds of helps and resources to guide you as you learn to walk by the Spirit and say no to the desires of the flesh. And again, that free app is called My Purity Coach. Well, if you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. We've got some doozies coming. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you are going to glorify God in your everyday living, 
He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.